Pizza City is brought to you by Baccio Cheese. Cheese is something we talk a lot about here on the show. It's vital to the success of any great pizzeria. Selecting one that performs the way you need it to is one of the most important elements to pizza making. Baccio Cheese is an exceptional Italian pizza cheese made with a secret, a kiss of buffalo milk. Made with high-quality, grade-A milk, it goes from cow to cheese in just 48 hours. It melts and reheats beautifully, giving you lovely pulls and stretches. Pizza makers all over the country are turning to Baccio, guys like Greg Kahn, the owner of Gregorio's Trattoria in Bethesda, Maryland. We make a, a New York-style pizza. It's all hand-tossed. The Baccio cheese is the perfect complement. It's very consistent from case to case. We buy the shredded whole milk. I do like the kiss of buffalo milk. But consistency is everything. The, the guest that comes in, they want the same pizza today that they got last week, and that happens uh, with Baccio product each and every case. I've been using the diced part skim and whole milk, uh, embedding it into the top of the dough like I've seen them do at uh, Geno's in Williston Park on Long Island. I'm also doing the block of whole milk, which I'm slicing for my Stevie squares, kind of a hybrid of a deep dish and a focaccia. So here's the deal. Schedule a demo to try Baccio cheese today at no cost. Just go to BaccioCheese.com slash PizzaCityUSA. That's BaccioCheese.com slash PizzaCityUSA to schedule your free demo. I'm trying to just make pizza that comes from this place because I think that you know when people obsess over French bread or like Italian pizza, the reason it's so good is because that's just what came naturally out of that land and that and those cities and, and the vegetables. There, the people were really good at listening to exactly what ingredients they had and they made the best thing out of it you can. So if we if we can do the same thing over here, I'm really excited. A husband and wife team on the coast of Maine, where they're pushing the limits of fermentation and hydration but only part of the year. If you're headed to Acadia National Park, it's on the way, so plan accordingly. The story of Tinder Hearth Bakery and Pizza, straight ahead. I need a deep dish sausage and a thin pepperoni for here. This is Pizza City, the podcast dedicated to the art, craft, and passion behind some of the world's greatest pizzas. I'm Steve Dolinsky, author of Pizza City USA and founder of Pizza City USA Tours in Chicago. Welcome, everybody. Great to have you along with us for another edition of Pizza City. We are continuing our travels around the country. Uh, Two weeks ago, we were in Portland, Oregon, metaphorically, of course, because we were actually doing the interview in Montana with Brian Spangler from A Piece of Shoals. We're going to the other Portland this week in Portland, Maine. That's where a trip I had with my wife eight months ago uh, for our 25th anniversary, I wanted to just do lobster rolls. And so, of course, we did Reds, which I thought was overrated, Young's in Belfast. The highlight was actually Union River Lobster Pot in Ellsworth. Um, it's about almost three hours north of Portland. Um, but we hit some pizza on the way. We did shows um, last year on, on Oto um, and Slab Sicilian in Portland. And then we hit Oysterhead Pizza in Damariscota on the way up. And we got to the Blue Hill Peninsula, which was just next to Acadia National Park. 
And we were staying near the town of Brooksville, and several people said, oh, my gosh, when you're here, you've got to go to this place called Tinderhearth. It's right up the road. It literally is eight minutes from where we were staying at this B&B. And that's where Tim Semler is from, the town of Brooksville. And they had this whole kind of elaborate situation where you got to order a couple days ahead and you you got to do it, you got to pay ahead and you got to make sure you're there at a certain time for a pickup. And it's normally just a bakery. And they also sell on Deer Isle uh, some pastries, fantastic pastries, wood-fired oven, and they do pizza a couple time, couple part of the year. And so we were there in September and they were still doing the pizzas, although they were, it was coming to an end, I believe, because they were getting into winter. And now that the season is back, online and they're back in business in that area. I wanted to to hold this show and talk about it now because it does make sense. If you're going to be up in that way, down east, uh, if you're going to Acadia, if you're going to be, I mean, if you don't mind driving three hours north of Portland, it's really, if you're going to go down east, but it is a must, must stop in Brooksville. Tim and his wife, Lydia Moffat, are the owners. And like I said, it just started as a bakery. They sort of morphed into pizza and it really is a remarkable pizza. Delicious pizza. Uh, we had two pizzas that night. They also do ice cream sandwiches and some local beers. And just the kindest, nicest, most honest people. <laughs> and, you know, so often when we do this show, we do in different parts of the country. We're usually in a city. This was so refreshing to be in the country, uh, to be really in the middle of nowhere. And so before I asked our guest our my typical first question, I had to just pause and take stock of where we were. We've been doing the podcast now for, gosh, almost two years, and I can tell you we've never had a show based in such a beautiful location. Typically, we're, we're in a city, we're in a busy street, we're in a noisy dining room, and we're in this just beautiful, bucolic, agrarian, sun is shining, middle of you know, down east Maine uh, with Tim Semler, the owner, founder, co-founder of... Uh, Tinder Hearth Wood-Fired Bread. So, Tim, you started as a bakery and you moved into a pizzeria. But before we get into that, i got to ask you, first pizza memory. Well, this is the town of Brooksville, Maine. And growing up, the Bucks Harbor Market had amazing pizza. It kind of came out of the New Haven style of pizza. So the old school coal-fired them. They didn't have a coal-fired oven, but their pizza reminded me of Pepe's a lot. So as they say, like at Modern, they always say charred. Uh, I think it's almost burnt, but do you like that really charred edge, that really crispy undercarriage? Yeah, I do love a crispy crust. My my passion is natural fermentation and, and high hydration and sourdough, kind of whatever it takes to make that high hydrated dough um, a finished product is what I really like, and that does end up being charred sometimes, but it depends on the fermentation and the day and all that, so... um. Yeah, I, I don't mind a bit of black on that pie. Tell me where we are. I'm trying to pinpoint it for people. I'd say about a three-hour drive north of Portland. Does that do it justice? I mean, you tell me. Yeah, I usually say that we're three hours north of Portland, or if uh, sometimes people know where Acadia National Park is. It's a pretty famous park in Bar Harbor. We're about an hour south of there on the coast. The main coast is super convoluted and wild. I think someone it's like as long as the California coast once you unfurl it. So we're, yeah, we're like uh, halfway up the coast of Maine. Okay, so tell me how you got into this business. You started as a baker, and are you self-taught, or did you go to school? I didn't go to school, but I, um, yeah, I, I worked 
when I was young, probably a teenager at the Bucks Harbor Market, they were making pizza and they had actually wood fired bread back in the 90s. Um, so I was really into what they did for the community and a lot of, I mean, it's like amazing kind of family business and the whole community gravitated around it. So a lot of my um, instinct was kind of came from that, um, of what they did for the town. Um, and then when I was a little older, I went to, I, I went to one year of college and dropped out because I wanted to start a bakery um, and was really drawn and still am to wood-fired ovens, both baking in them and making them, and uh, community and bread. And so I, I worked at a few places, um, this great bakery, Bohemian Bread in Vermont, and uh, we also, me and Lydia learned, learned a bunch from the Hungry Ghost Bakers over in uh, Northampton, Massachusetts. That's an excellent bakery, Hungry Ghost. They're really into sourdough too. Uh, and then we, we started building ovens, little clay ovens, sort of Quebec style ovens and all the settlers in Quebec, as soon as like the day they got there, they started building ovens because French people love bread and they know all about it. So they, um, there's a lot of, lot of nice bread culture up there in Quebec. Me and Lydia started the bakery, we were around 23 or so. Yeah, so it was 2007. And we started with just bread, just sourdough bread in our outside clay oven. And, and then uh, things kind of snowballed and there was a need for more bread. And we realized you couldn't make a living off of just bread. So we started doing pastries and then started doing pizza probably a couple of years after that. And, and you're doing all this in your childhood home, just in the back? You just added on things and built around it? Yeah. Yeah, we didn't start up with any... Um, capital of any kind. I think we built the first oven for about 500 bucks and um, just kind of baby steps, one one step at a time. First we were shaping dough on our kitchen counter and then we renovated part of our barn to make it into um, more of a production space. And uh, yeah, the, the pizza shop really started just as like pizza parties for friends, you know, just we'd make a bunch of dough and fire up the oven and people would bring over toppings and stuff. And, and then... Um, but now, when you were doing this wood-burning oven, were you thinking in your mind like Naples, 90-second bake, 900-degree Fahrenheit, or something different? Yeah, I guess I wasn't really thinking in those terms. I mean, I've never um, never been able to go overseas to Italy yet. I would love to go and check out their pizza. We're just drawn to wood-fired ovens and uh, wanted to make bread, and then all of a sudden, like, hey, this, this is like, obviously we should make pizza because pizza's... The, a great, a great thing, a great meal. But a lot of bakers would say, well, "Wait a second, that you're so variable with with the temperature you get with wood, and you've really got to master that, as opposed to an electric or a gas oven where you can just set that temperature." Yeah, and that's a hundred percent true. It's very, it's kind of wild in that way. And, and sourdough and and wood fired bread is kind of the same in that you can do a lot to control your temperature and your and your fermentation, but you're never a hundred percent in control. And for us, um, that's always what really keeps it fun, you know, because you walk in the bakery and even if you're really good, you don't 100% know if you're going to get it right that day. So you really have to try and, and kind of listen to the bread, listen to the oven. That wildness can be frustrating. I mean, definitely our model is that we're um, owner-operators, so we're here every day. This is not a great... Uh, Thing to like franchise or, or you have to have this passion and this kind of leaning into the product and the process in order to be successful at having like a good pie at the end. So yeah, you're not running around and checking out new spaces and doing television appearances and so- talking about PR 
while somebody else is baking on your behalf. You're looking at the dough every day so you can make adjustments if you have to. Yeah, yeah, and I think like with both with bread and pizza, you get the best result when you push everything right up to the edge. So push the fermentation right up to the edge, like right until it's about to fall apart. And if you're, and that's like, to me, the most exciting. It's like you're surfing or something. You're just like, you don't just ferment it a safe amount or don't hydrate it a safe amount. Like push it all the way and it'll taste way better. But um, you'll have disasters sometimes. It'll be like overproofed and you'll have to shape pizza dough that like wants to have holes in it. Like all night long but you just make it work and pinch together the holes and kind of like suffer through it but it's way worth it because then you got this amazing um, taste and the taste of the sourdough I think um, is really important for pizza or at least this is my favorite because it really um it's this other taste that uh it's like umami or something like it it balances all the vegetables all the meats and brings even if you use a really simple cheese um, the taste of the of the sourdough kind of anchors it for me the pizza itself, if you were trying to describe it, um, it's kind of an East Coast, like you say, meets a wood-fired, but it's a longer bake, it's a little bit lower temperature, you're not doing it 8, 1500 degrees. Tell me about how the style of pizza, is it reminiscent of that New, New Haven to you? Are you trying to go for that sort of thin, a, a little blistered, oblong, somewhat crispy, foldable? I mean, what, what are you going for with this style? I'm trying to just make pizza that comes from this place because I think that, you know, when people obsess over French bread or, like, Italian pizza, the reason it's so good is because that's just what came naturally out of that land and that and those cities and, and the vegetables. There were, the people were really good at listening to exactly what ingredients they had and they made the best thing out of it you can. So if we if we can do the same thing over here, I'm really excited. So, like, our, our menu changes everything at night and it's dependent on what's going on with the farmers, you know. So we get a text from... Clara at Four Seasons Farm, where we get most of our vegetables, and uh, depending on what she's got, that's you know that that's going to be our pies for that week. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back talking, uh, keep talking to Tim Semler here at uh, Tinder Hearth Bakery about the pizza, and then we're also going to preview some scenes from our next show coming up in two weeks. So stay with us. You love the sound of dough being transformed into crust. But what about the dough in your pocket? If you make pizzas for a living, then you know a fully loaded oven affects heat recovery time and makes everything take longer. That affects your bottom line. Say hello to Pizza Master, the most powerful electric oven on the market. It has clay ceramic hearthstones crafted with a rough surface, providing superior heat transfer. That means crispy crust every time. And talk about precision, you can adjust both the top and bottom heating elements to make any style of pizza, which is what Rich Labriola was looking for at his namesake restaurant in Chicago. We had limited space in our downtown restaurant. We needed to do two distinct styles of pizza, deep dish, thin crust, and those two styles had different temperature, different settings, and we don't have a large footprint. What we looked for was an oven that could do both, and with Pizza Master you could stack three to four high, and you could have different temperature settings for each oven. Final thing was too, since I'm a bread guy, is that they do offer uh, steam injections in their decks, and so we bake bread also. Plus the ability to get up to 932 degrees combined with exceptional recovery heat allows for high capacity output during peak times. That's money in your pocket. They've got 85 different sizes, more than 1,500 models, and a million oven combinations. They've also got demo kitchens all over the country, so go take one for a test drive. Visit mpmfoodequipment.com 
and use the promo code PIZZACITY to get a free swag bag at your demo. That's mpmfoodequipment.com and request your test bake or demo today. Welcome back to the show. We are at uh, Tinder Hearth Bakery and Pizzeria, I guess you call it Pizzeria, a couple days a week in Brooksville, Maine. We're about three hours drive north of Portland on the Blue Hill Peninsula. Um, now, Tim, during our, at the end of our last segment, uh, got a call. One of his contractors is here to look at uh, space. They're going to maybe add another oven so they can do the baking and the pizza making kind of separate. So Lydia Moffat, his his business partner, his wife, uh, partner in crime here. You're going to fill in for Tim, right? I can fill in for Tim. All right, great, because you've been doing this all along as he has. All along. We started the bakery together. Okay, so I know the bakery started about 2007. A couple of years later, you started doing pizza, and we've already talked about kind of the style of pizza. It's very of the terroir or of whatever your, your farmers tell you they're going to be bringing in. But I want to talk about the pizza itself. So you're doing it in a wood-fired oven, um, which I guess— revolves around time and temperature and also the flour you're using. Tell me, can you tell me about the flour you're starting with? Sure, yeah. Um, we work with a couple of different kinds of white flour. Um, our favorite uh, comes from a mill up in Quebec, which is in a funny way sort of like our most local <laughs> flour, white flour we can get a hold of. We get some wonderful whole grains um, from Maine. Um, there's a mill in Skowhegan called Maine Grains, which is really great. Um, but the majority of our flour... Um, and our pizza dough is white, and um, the mill is called Milanese, and we just really love it because it's it's a little bit more yellow than most of the white flour that we can find. It has more flavor, um, more of the, I guess, the terroir of of those small farms that are growing it. Um, and you're also you go to an all-natural starter, so it's a sourdough starter you're using to begin every pie. That's correct, yeah. We always do sourdough. We feel like it completely changes the way that the dough tastes and the digestibility of it. We get a lot of people who say, I usually can't eat pizza. It makes me feel sick, Um, but I can eat yours. Why? Um, Part of it, too, is that we're using organic flour. So easy digestibility to to me typically means at least a two, if not a three-day ferment. You're getting the time for the gluten to relax, the time for the yeast to eat the sugars to create carbon dioxide. Give us a sense for how long is your dough resting before you actually, before it sees heat. Yeah, it's not that long. So we make, um, the night before we mix up a fairly large leaven, and so there's a good proportion I wonder what it is, maybe like 17% of the dough or something is leaven. But then um, it gets, after the dough mix, we mix it in the morning which of the do- of the day that we make it that night. Um, but it is a high hydration dough, probably somewhere around 73, 74% water. That's baker's percentage. It's very loose. It's not the kind of dough that you can throw up in the air. Um, it's the kind of dough that, you know, anybody who is actually doing the stretching, um, Tim has been doing that a lot this summer himself because... Teaching somebody to stretch the stoves is very difficult. So it's not, yeah, we do, the bulk fermentation is probably around four hours, and then it goes around noon or one, it goes into the walk-in, and then um, we stretch it that evening. The system here, at least in terms of the fall, after Labor Day, is you'd call in on a Tuesday morning, um, place your orders for pickup on Tuesday or Thursday, right, two days a week? Yeah, that's correct. And we're doing all the, you know, since the, pandemic we're doing all the sort of order of everything and prepay on the phone ahead of time yeah okay so how about sauce tomatoes yeah um we just get dop san marzano and blend it no basil no salt no anchovy nothing 
nothing. Okay. I mean, there is some salt in the salt in the tomatoes we get. Okay. Cheese. Cheese. We get. Um, man, that's something I can't answer. <laughs> we, we. I can say that we like to get. We don't get sh- shredded mozzarella. We get this. You know, the blocks, and we we slice it, um, and we you know, don't like the cellulose that's in the shredded stuff. And then in terms of the other toppings, so the other night I had a, a pepperoni with kale. Um, so the kale was obviously local. Pepperoni from? Pepperoni we get from our distributor. It's just like a non-nitrate pepperoni, so nothing super fancy. Not a cup and char. It's a little bit, lo- little bit larger diameter and lay, lay flat. Yeah, that's right. And then the other one was a vegetarian delicious, by the way. The guys from uh, Z&Z in D.C. are going to appreciate this because you're using za'atar. Um, and then eggplant and feta and red pepper. Yeah, that's right. We've gotten really into using za'atar this um, this summer. It was just, I don't know. I think Tim has always dreamed of doing doing pies like this. And um, it, for some reason, it's just taken us some years. But yeah, we put together our own za'atar mix and go to town. It's and so you, you go get sumac and sesame and you make your own za'atar. Yeah, absolutely. It makes all the difference. So always a meat pie and a vegetarian pie and a cheese pie. Yeah, that's right. And then we're always happy to, you know, we'll do just like a plain pepperoni or if somebody wants a vegan, we'll do, put something together. And then so going into a wood-fired oven, tell me about the temperature and the length of time. Oh, man. What's the temperature, Tim? Tim has arrived back. He's finished with his meeting with the contractor. Everything go okay, Tim? Yeah, really okay, You're going to build another oven now? You're going to do it for $500 for that last the same cost as the last oven? <laughs> Absolutely. Good God, no. <laughs> Probably like two and a half minutes, and it's it's uh, around 800, between eight and 900 degrees in there. I gotta tell you, the eating experience though, unlike a Neapolitan, because it's not, it was not wet and sloppy in the middle at all. Um, it had, uh, I mean, it wasn't crispy on the edge. I mean, you had a little bit of a tip sag, but it wasn't like a floppy Neapolitan with that big puffy cornichon with the leopard spotting at all. It was a completely different pie. Was that because of the the, the starter you're using? Yeah, the starter is part of it, um, and it's a, a really high hydrated dough, you know. Um, 73% I heard. Uh, well, yeah. That's my guess. No, well, right now it's actually drier than it's ever been. It's at 74, mm-hmm. um, but sometimes it'll be at like around 78. It kind of depends on the flour. Hey, one thing Lydia couldn't recall was the type of cheese you're using. She said it's a, it's a block, you're slicing it. The slabs of the whole milk mozzarella is something that I saw just eating at Pepe's, and was like, oh, that's cool, you know, rather than sprinkling something on and then uh we're really into pecorino i don't even know if other pizza shops do that but rather than parmesan we put um italian pecorino we just buy it in big wheels and and shave it post bake or before uh before we yeah we top every single pie with pecorino always we're like super into it and it's kind of like you don't even it kind of disappears a little bit and adds a texture to the top of the pie um you don't really know it's there but it definitely helps it's like a little sprinkle of salt you're getting that sort of salty sheep's milk as opposed to the creamy, rich, milky mozzarella on the base, right? Yeah, yeah, it's a good, it's a super good combination. We'll be right back. Hey, Tony, what's up? Hey, Mr. Pizza Guy, I got me some of that Fontanini you told me about. Good stuff. What'd you try? First, I went to Fontanini.com slash Pizza City, just like you said, and scored a free sample. Then I tried that Italian sausage with the fennel and some meatballs, too. Reminds me of my Nana's cooking. 
Her Sunday gravy, oh boy. Yeah, those meatballs are great. I love the texture. You can crumble them up onto a pie like I did, or just eat them whole with marinara and pasta. The specialty sausage also, great with the fennel. Recipes are rooted in Luca, Italy, made famous in Chicago. They use whole muscle cuts, resulting in really great texture. They also produce in smaller batches using freshly ground spices. I think I'm going to start messing around with the meatball pie myself. Just meatballs and mozz? Who do you think I am with giardinera, you stuna? Whether you're interested in Fontanini sliced sausage, raw bulk sausage like we use in Chicago, meatballs, shaved pepperoni, or anything from their product lineup, our listeners can get a free sample at fontanini.com slash pizza city or go to at Fontanini brand on Instagram and click the link in the bio to let them know you heard about it from Pizza City. In our last segment, Tim Semler began telling us about working with Four Seasons Farm and how they supply the bakery with produce year-round, even in the winter. They have a lot of high tunnel, like greenhouses and stuff, and so we'll have greens from them probably 10 months of the year um, to work with and uh, vegetables for for 12 months. So we'll, we are into like roasted beets, roasted leeks, uh, roasted potatoes. Um, we're comfortable with like venturing into zones that you don't really see um, on pizza very often. Like We don't do it just because it's weird and different, but we do it because that's what's in the root cellar of Four Seasons Farm. She texts on Sunday, and we, me and Elijah, uh, who sets the pizza toppings, Elijah will check it out, and we'll, we'll come up with a menu based on what's there. Final question for both of you now, since you're both sitting here. Knowing what you know now about pizza, which is a fair amount because you've been doing it for about 10 years, what would you tell yourselves 11 years ago Uh, before you started making pizzas and selling them to people in terms of good advice? I think my advice to myself, which is is like fairly personal, is is to go for it. Um, I had some restaurant experience coming in, you know, coming into this and I was very resistant. I said, no way. We're a bakery. We make bread. We can do some pastries. We are not running a restaurant. I refuse. I don't regret doing it at all. And it actually worked out really well. And we did it in the way we wanted to do it. You only have three pies to choose from. You can get a salad if you want. Keep it really simple. Um, ice cream sandwich. An ice cream sandwich. If you're eating here, we've got soft serve, uh, which is so fun. And and that's it. And it's a really nice way to run a restaurant. Yeah, totally. I would say keeping it simple. Don't have, don't get into a big uh, standing menu. And uh, just stay true to the sourdough and the fire, and, and you're going to be all good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> The, the restaurant, if you will, is called Tinder Hearth. Uh, it's a bakery and then a pizzeria a couple days a week here in the fall and winter. Hopefully, I mean, I want to come back here in a year when hopefully things get back to normal and sit back here in their backyard um, with the outdoor oven, the soft serve shack, and have a local beer um, and hang out and eat pizza here in Brooksville, Maine. Lydia Moffat, Tim Semler, thanks so much, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, Steve. Hey, thank you. All right, coming up in two weeks, we're back in New York City to talk to one of the industry's leading authorities on all things pizza, especially New York City pizza. Just remembering all the names of the people who work in every pizzeria or what flour they're using lately, it's it's like all the more you re- research it, the more you get into it, the more there is to know and the deeper the ocean feels. And I feel like, like 13 years ago, it was really just like, oh, if I could only figure out the manufacturer of that oven door, I'll be happy forever. <laughs> you know, and now it's like, well, that manufacturer changed its name in 1926. But if you locate the older doors, they have a different city name on it because the city reincorporated in 1910. 
I'll chat with Scott Wiener, the founder and driving force behind Scott's Pizza Tours, which are restarting right now as are our Pizza City USA tours in Chicago. So if you're going to be in New York, take Scott's. If you're going to be in Chicago, take mine. Remember to subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Tell a friend and rate us, please. We're at Pizza City USA on Instagram, and our website is pizzacityusa.com. Bureaucratic wrote and performed our theme song, and just a reminder, everybody, stay safe. Here's wishing you an optimal bite ratio, always. <laughs>